This is Geek Gab with your host, Dornall and me, Daddy Warpig. We are back. Geek Gab for Saturday, August 22nd, 2020. Um, so, like, I took a week off of social media, so I missed all the 2020th stuff, like, I don't know if anything particularly 2020 happened during that week, and I've been pretty light on the social media again this week. Has there been any 2020 stuff happening this week? Hey, man, it's all a blur. I'll say that nothing huge has happened unless you count, if you're in the U.S., the... Democratic National Party had their convention, the DNC, and it was all virtual, all online. Oh, yeah. I heard that their virtual convention was so exciting, it made, like, the Xbox virtual con convention look like Ringling Brothers Barnum & Bailey Circus. That's what I heard. Hmm. Uh, I, I saw a couple of really hilarious clips in there. L let me just say, I think the best comment was about the uh, some strange concert done in front of a green screen. The, someone said, I didn't know Tim and Eric were making comedy again. I, I will say this. Uh, on the 2020 front, California is having wildfires that are so bad. Friday morning, we stepped out of the door here at my house in Utah and had a uh, deep fog. Yeah, it's been pretty, uh, pretty smoky on the West Coast, too. Um, on top of that, on top of that, uh, the Gulf Coast is getting a one-two. Thanks for the reminder, <laughs> Matthew. Yeah, California is burning so bad that they are they are passing along the smoke as deep fog banks in Utah. So uh, thanks stuff. for that, California. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, and I've heard it's voluntary. I've heard they actually are taking away water from places where they could have been giving water to farmers and stuff and passing it along to other places that may or may not need it. So, Oh, that's been the story of California for a long time. Water rights is a huge deal there. And you've got uh, almond and avocado farmers in California soaking up uh, monstrous amounts of water and places like big population centers like LA, they're also getting lots of water piped in from other places. And, and they were also washing the water out to the sea because of the salmon or something. Uh, I, I don't know that about that part, but yeah, water rights in California is interesting. Um, I, I wonder how long that's going to be sustainable, but so anyways, anyways, yeah, we don't think too hard about Southern California's Mad Max future. <laughs> Um, and, and we do have two hurricanes headed for the Gulf course, both perhaps, this is just, uh, you know, 
a projection looking to make landfall in two different places. So we will have wall-to-wall hurricanes from Texas to Florida. Awesome. Awesome 2020 <clears throat> event. That is absolutely right. It's not going to let up. Uh, it... <laughs> I saw the map and I just, I couldn't believe it. The entire Gulf Coast is red. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's just amazing to look at. If you got to, to get a chance to take a look at that map, just boggle for a minute. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. Um, Check in with your friends and family uh, in the area. I know that I remember in Katrina, did you know that Mississippi got blasted just as hard as Louisiana and New Orleans in Hurricane Katrina? Yes, I did. Yeah. Um, most people don't re- realize it, even if they knew, but that whole area got blasted. Of course, New Orleans got all the attention because of the horrible, you know, loss of life and, and rampant crime. But like the there's some vulnerable settlements. There's some vulnerable people in that area. Um, and, and I don't want to sound callous when I'm, you know, talking about how awful that is. I sincerely hope it doesn't happen. I sincerely hope that these, uh, well, as of yesterday, they were just tropical depressions. So I hope they either turn away or go back, you know, diminish. It's, it's all possible. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. And I hope there is no loss of life and, and so forth. So, you know officially i extend my empathy to those in the path of the potential hurricanes and i sincerely hope they turn away and that no one is hurt uh we do not need any more flooding we do not need any more tragedies in that area so uh amen hoping and praying that uh, things go well in that area but still two, tur- two hurricanes two hurricanes on the way it's 2020 all bets are off yeah all bet. who knows who knows uh, well, in uh, more amusing news, 2020 is looking up in October. Oh, no. Oh, we talked about this last week, though. Yeah, we did. Never mind. Okay. We talked about something last week. Hey, uh, we've got all our shows on YouTube and SoundCloud and stuff, so go back and listen to that show and come back to us, okay? It was another 2020 event I thought was new, but it wasn't new. <laughs> I have some cool news. Okay. Coming up in October, do you remember we had uh, Steve Holitz on the show talk about the Bone Bat Comedy of Horrors Film Festival? Yes. We, or I should say, we almost didn't get that this year. They they almost had to cancel it. <clears throat> Naturally, the whole city of Seattle shut down and all the venues that they were looking at, they're closed for business. We're not going to be able to join each other in person. So... Uh, Gordon Steve put together an online show. It's going to be a virtual horror film festival uh, coming up in uh, October 10th and 11th. So, I need—I know you need to mark that on your calendar because, unlike me, you actually enjoy horror. <laughs> I do. I do enjoy horror. Uh, so they—they've just set up the site and everything. They're doing it through Eventive. So if you go to bonebat.eventive.org, you can check it out, and you should be able to order a, a virtual pass. 
to enjoy. They haven't put up the schedule yet, but uh, it's it's still a ways away. So there's time. Um, I had a, I actually had something bad that turned out to be something good happen to me this week. Tell me more. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, made by the same company that makes uh, CD Projekt Red that makes Witcher 3 and also Witcher 2 and Witcher 1 if you didn't, you know, couldn't infer. Um, they made a, they have a regular edition and they have a collector's edition. The collector's edition was put on pre-sale back in June of 2019. <laughs> So, long time ago. It's coming out right now, scheduled to come out in November. It sold out in literally a day and a half. Um, and then you couldn't find the collector's edition anymore. Um, well, I pre-ordered a copy of the collector's edition. And... I just thought last week, I thought, you know what? Let me go back and just double check that collector's edition, make sure everything's fine with my pre-order. Because I just wanted to be reassured. It's only, you know, a few months away. Uh, and I just want to make sure everything's squared away with that. So I went and I found the email because, of course, I saved the email. <laughs> Uh, and then went to the website where it said I should go to check on my pre-order. And it said my order wasn't there. It wasn't listed. There was no such pre-order. And so I went to another place on the company's website to check out the pre-order. Now, you got to understand, I had entirely forgotten who I got the pre-order through. That's why I kept the email. So I would remember things like this more than a year and a half later. Um, but the email, you know, obviously told me. And I went to another spot on the same website and checked it out and it said, no, it's not there. So I went to their customer service form and, you know, listed the order number and my email address and such and said, hey, uh, I did a pre-order a year and a half ago, almost, and it's not listed on your website. And I'm just wondering if we can get this cleared up because I had visions of my pre-order vanishing in the night, just being gone forever and ever. And so I was upset and nervous, and they sent me an email back a couple of days later. No. Your, uh, your pre-order's fine. It's still in our system. You're still listed on it. You're still going to get your pre-order. You'll want to go to this place and give me an entirely third other place to go check on my pre-order to, uh, you know, to check everything out. And uh, that's it. Everything's okay. So... Bad news turned to good news. My pre-order is safe. And come November, 
I'm going to have a, a crazy weird chock full of stuff, including a giant statue. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077. Collector's edition. That'll be nice. Ooh, that brings me to some interesting news. Speaking of games that probably aren't coming out, at least they're they're going to be able to push Cyberpunk out the door. Have you been following the drama of Paradox Interactive and the Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines game? I saw a couple of stories on it this week, but I only just barely wasn't interested enough to click on them. Exactly. So this is a game. Uh, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines was one of the most popular, well-received PC games of its time. People still talk about it. I still see reminiscences of it. Yeah. And, But the sequel's been in development hell for a long time. Uh, it just like Cyberpunk was for a few years. Everybody was going, yeah, this ain't coming out. This ain't coming out. And for for folks like us who don't like to give money to people who hate us, the um, groan-inducing, eye-rolling uh, leftism and wokeism in the latest texts and trailers coming from Vampire sort of turned me and a lot of other people off from even looking at it. Paradox just canned the main writer of the game. This is the guy who wrote Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines, that game that everybody loved. Yeah, he is responsible for all the silly woke stuff that you've seen lately. He's also responsible for the one of the most beloved PC games of its generation. And they got rid of him because they were concerned that they weren't going to finish on time. I don't know what on time means to them, but... So, just put another red flag in that field of red flags. We are never seeing that game. Mark my words. It's a shame. That's, that's usually a really bad strategic move when a project is late firing someone because then you have to bring someone on then they have to come you know have to spend all that time getting up to speed on the project and then they have to start making changes which then has to be propagated across the project and then you're going to have all those bugs I mean and I don't even mean like programming bugs i just mean like dial funny dialogue where things don't get smoothed out between the old stuff and the new stuff or you have to toss everything out and pretty much start from new if you're going to have a new story that just started things pretty much back at ground zero yeah Maybe not I, I mean programming. I, 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 I don't know how much the narrative and the dialogue stuff was holding up to development, but I mean, for the business to, to make that decision, you're right. Like the, <laughs> I don't know how you make that decision and expect the game to come out. 
crazy, crazy. But um, we've we've seen the face. I've seen the face of Paradox, and and they're re-releasing Vampire. They got a new version coming out, a new edition, going sort of going back to the old clans, and they're supporting the fan effort to keep the card game going and and putting that back into print. Um, but it's all it's it's SJW all the way down now, so that's a shame. Even the guys, uh, you know. Well, that's that's White Wolf for you. When they stopped being counterculture, they started getting cringe. It's a shame, but it is what it is. Oh. One other amusing thing happened that you may have missed. Do you watch much Twitch? No, not any, not ever. Not ever. That's good uh, because it's weird that uh, kids are watching other people play video games for hours on end. Yes. Most streamers on Twitch have a little tip jar. You got a PayPal or something, or integrated with Twitch, you can subscribe to their channel for little perks and notifications and things. Usually costs a few dollars, right? Right. Most streamers also have a threshold. If you pay like over a dollar or over five dollars or whatever, the streamer will read your message on screen. Naturally, this is a great way to troll streamers. Sometimes someone will blow five, ten bucks to say some awful message or something like that, and the streamer will just roll his eyes and say, I'm not saying that. <laughs> a lot of streamers use text-to-speech programs, though. Can you see where oh, this is no. going? Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, yes, the obvious thing is that they're going to post all sorts of awful stuff to try and get the Twitch streamer kicked off Twitch. That's not what happened. An advertising agency has been using Twitch to advertise for Burger King using automated text-to-speech. <laughs> no, literally going to a Twitch stream where they have text-to-speech and paying $5, and the message is... Did you know that you can get such and such like a Whopper and fries for $5 on the Burger King app? <laughs> and they they even put a little uh, video package together, together. You can see it if you search on the internet called the King of Stream where they just, uh, you know, they blur the faces out of these streamers and it's just a, uh, a bunch of clips of them doing that and, and the message on the screen and, and the Streamers' reactions vary from "Hey, what the heck?" to "No, nah, man, when are you gonna pay me more?" Uh, it's hil hilarious. Oh yeah, uh, I got a quote here. One streamer asked, "Listen, are you guys gonna sponsor me or not?" Uh, it is it is hilarious, and people are mad. People are mad because they're using the runaround, uh, using this to get around the idea of sponsorship. I, I think it's hilarious. I think I, I love it. It's Whoever it's, came up with that idea deserves a big raise. Yeah, heck yeah. Give them a big raise. If you want to give them a big raise and or send hate mail, the advertising agency is named Ogilvy. Ogilvy? V Ogilvy. Ogilvy? 
The Ogilvy. Oh, they are the Mac Daddy ad agency. They are the pioneer ad agency. They are the first. The Is that Ogilvy. so? Yeah. Ogilvy ad agency. They are the first to pioneer uh, ads. They, if you go back and start reading up articles or, uh, you know, I got a communications degree, degree in uh, uh, radio and print journalism. But when we were going through the communications, part of what you study is ads. Ogilvy were the biggest and the baddest and the first. So, yeah, if you read up on the history of ads, Ogilvy ads, and they were they were out. They were the pioneers. Hey, man, when you're one of the biggest brands in the world, as Burger King is, you get the best. <laughs> brilliant absolutely awesome. brilliant. and of course these these poor twitch streamers like most of them are uh what 30 something year olds sitting in a you know their their room behind a green screen playing games and stuff <laughs> and you know only only the good ones make a lot of money but a lot of people make a living off that and and the the donations are for fans and if you want to me to advertise for you you have to set up a sponsorship deal and I'll do I'll do a sponsored game or I'll do a sponsored hour for you, right? And Ogilvy's like, nope, I'm paying you five bucks. You're shilling for Burger King now. Deal with it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, I, I recommend checking out the video uh, later online. It's It's pretty funny. So that's uh, that was it. That was the internet this week. All right. Should we talk about advertising for a completely different burger joint? I'm really excited to hear about this. I, I tell me more. This story has got uh so many awesome things. It's got so many awesome things. I'm gonna. I turned off my phone so it didn't ring during the show. <laughs> Hoist by my own petard. This uh, is has got uh, a game that millions upon millions of people participated in that was rigged from the start. Uh, at McDonald's. This has got uh, Florida man perpetuating a fraud across the country and a rinky-dink podunk FBI office that starts investigating. This has got uh, a scion or scion of the New York City Colombo Mafia crime family collecting money from people. This has got everything. Uh, up to and including a suspicious death that was suspected to be murder. Whoa. Now, all of these things came together uh, 
in a court case that blew up in the newspapers right before 9-11 happened and wiped it away. And it finished quietly because 9-11 happened. Oh. But before then, it was massive. It was huge. Um, and uh, they're making a movie about this. And they also had a documentary on HBO uh, in the last couple of months called McMillions, uh, which is the title of the show. Title of the show, you can see it. Um, and it's a six-episode uh, six series. And I watched it this week. It was really, really, really good. It would have been fabulous if it would have been a five-episode <laughs> series. Hmm. It would have been brilliant beyond belief if it had been a five-episode series. Kind of stretched some things to make it a six-episode series. But it is absolutely an amazing tale. Um, so... The Jacksonville, Florida branch of the FBI is a tiny little branch that is really, really sparsely staffed. And they don't get a lot of cases in Jacksonville. Miami branch, big. Lots of cases. The other branch north of them, which I believe is the Pensacola branch, big, lots of cases. Jacksonville, nothing. <laughs> so they were working healthcare fraud and had been working healthcare fraud for three years. Three years stacking paper. And this is back in. Uh, back in 2000, 2001, and things were boring in the branch. So this uh, newbie FBI agent saw a post-it note on a senior agent's desk that said, um, fraud McDonald's monopoly. Now, if you are older than about 25, um, you remember how big the Monopoly game at McDonald's was. Huge. How huge. Everybody played it. it was, Everybody it was, played it. It was like a fun event when I was a kid. Um, and it increased sales at McDonald's they have apparently 20 uh, 23 and a half thousand stores across the world but it increased sales in America uh, 
by 140%. Insane. That's like almost two and a half times. Because 100% is, you know, doubling sales. Yeah, it is brilliant. Um, Because everybody... You got common prizes all the time, which is like, here, here's a free small fry, or here's a free medium drink, or here's a free hamburger, whatever. And then you could save up to get bigger prizes, or you could get an instant win million-dollar prize, which was $50,000 a year for 20 years or whatever. Well, what nobody knew was that... For almost the entire history of that prize, from when it started in 1987 to 2001, all of the major prizes were rigged. Oh, get out. They were all picked by one guy one guy is that the florida man that is the guy who lived in florida that is florida man outstanding and he managed to figure out how to rig the game mind-boggling especially when they go through all the security measures, which they do on the show. By the way, the show is still a recommend. Yes, they they spin some things out in the last two episodes um, because they're kind of out of material. Uh, so there's, there's some stretching of uh, stretching of uh, suspense as they're trying to play it out to do some of the last minute reveals of how he exactly carried this out. Um, so, uh, it's still a recommend. I would still recommend you watch it. I found it fascinating. The characters who were involved, especially when you get to the mafioso part, it's awesome. The son of the head. Not a lower down, not a cousin, not a, you know, remote relative. The literal son of the head of the Colombo crime family moved down to Florida to live with his mom and his family and managed to get hooked up with Florida man running this con, running this scam, and became the middleman. Uh, which is what really kicked this up into high gear. So, they, someone wrote in or, or called in to the FBI 
to the Jacksonville, Florida office and said, these three million dollar winners, instant winners, are a guy, his daughter-in-law, uh, and his father-in-law, and they all have different names. So McDonald's didn't know they were related. Nobody knew they were related. Newspapers had done stories about these people. They were all from the same zip code. And nobody put it together. Oh, my goodness. Nobody put it together. Flagrant. And, and years had passed. This was many years ago. But they're all in on a con, and you should look into it. Because there's a con going on. If it hadn't been for that tipster, nobody would have ever known about this, in retrospect, really, really obvious. <laughs> I can see really? how that happened. I can see how that happened because we all had fun playing the game, but nobody ever talked about who won the big prize. It was yeah. just cool, man. I, I got a free Coke and some fries. I didn't win the Pontiac this year, but hey, that was fun. I loved collecting all the tokens, right? Yeah. Nobody cared about the prize, and they just sort of one guy in Florida is handing them out to all of his family. <laughs> That's great. And friends <laughs> of his family. And, you know, he made friends with a businessman, and so he started selling them to this businessman who would go out and find friends or his sister-in-law and sell them. Oh, so, sorry. It was his father-in-law, him, and his sister-in-law. Those are the three that got informed on. Uh, but who? Nobody put it together. And the FBI finally got it. And they went and checked these three individuals. And they're like, these three individuals are related. They've got all different last names, but they're related. And then they started doing the legwork and doing the legwork and doing the legwork and trying. And, and so they got phone taps and the phone taps gave them a little bit more information and they just kept expanding from there. Um, it is insane the amount of security they had and what you had to have in the end was the actual physical game pieces. Someone had to be stealing the physical game pieces because you would look at the physical game pieces and they couldn't really be counterfeited. They had all kinds of special printing stuff on the game pieces. Uh, you know, shine them under a specific light 
and they would light up in a specific way. I mean, they did not have quite as much um, physical security as dollar bills of the time, but it was pretty darn close. Um, and so what you also had, uh, in addition to the physical security on the game pieces, was they went back and looked at the printing of the game pieces, the plan itself, and how they made them and how they got distributed and things like that. And the security of the plant was almost completely impregnable. Um, and then how the pieces were delivered uh, was impossible to, to break. And it turns out that all of this security that was well thought out, that was well planned, that was legitimately impossible to break, had been completely undone by one tiny error by one person once. I'm not going to tell you what the error was, uh, but they talk about it in the show, so go watch the show. That sounds great. That sounds like no wonder they made a show out of it. That's fascinating. It is. And 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 what you described was honest to goodness police work. Yes. That sounds fascinating. Now it, it's you said you told me it was a documentary. How much of it is dramatized versus just a straight documentary with interviews with the agents and such? Well, it's all a straight documentary with interviews with agents and people who are there and victims and things like that. Um, and I'll get back to the victims in a sec. Um, I mean, they do have to dramatize part of it, showing people walking. And as they're narrating what really happened, they have people acting it out, right? Um, and then we walked up to the tellers to turn in the, you know, turn in the check and so they're showing people walking up to the te tellers and turning in a check. It's not, I mean, it's not, I don't know. Do you call that dramatization? I mean, a, a scene is dramatization, but I wanted to establish that it is, it is in fact a documentary and not a, you know. It's a, not a TV show. It's not a TV show. It's not a dramatization. It's not a reenactment. Okay. It is an actual documentary. It's Still, not a docudrama. That's, uh, that's, that's fantastic. Um, yeah, it's just... And eventually, the, the identity of the informant has been unknown for 20 years. And at the end of the series, you get the identity of the informant and why they informed. Um, and it makes perfect sense. And yet it's still very surprising. Um, the police never figured out 
how he broke the security around the game uh, until he gave testimony on the stand in the conspiracy trial. And he finally testified about his method of doing it. And that was the first time anybody had heard it. That was the first time the FBI had heard it. That was the first time anybody had heard it. And they were just shocked. Nobody had ever imagined that that's how he managed to break the security of the whole system. They were just flabbergasted. They were floored. And you got to understand, too, that this, the, the game was not conducted by McDonald's. They hired a firm who conducted games like this for a lot of different companies um, and conducted different games like this for McDonald's. Um, there was a, who wants to be, oh no, that was the McDonald's, that was the Monopoly game too. They conducted games like this for other companies that I can't remember off the top of my head because they mentioned it in the documentary but didn't dwell on it and so i can't remember um sure uh but they were well well versed in games like this and versed in how to keep them secure um 98 of their business was mcdonald's so mcdonald's comes to them and or the fbi comes to mcdonald's and says you know, we have evidence that your Monopoly game is being rigged and has been almost since the beginning. Uh, and their worldwide head of security and two other high-up executives uh, come down to the Jacksonville office and get told this, and they are absolutely devastated, absolutely floored. They've got another game coming up in a month when this happens, and they want to just cancel it. But the FBI has to convince them to go ahead with this game so that they can find out who's a winner, they can find out who gets these pieces, and they can track them down and put, um, put phone taps on them and track them back to who they get them from and and you know run down this network of who got the pieces and who uh, has them and and find out who's been doing this and mcdonald was extremely reluctant to do so but they agreed to do it and that's how they broke open the case this guy this one guy defrauded mcdonald's for 24 million dollars in cash and prizes. Wow. $24 million. I mean, worth that, it, right? That's insane. Oh, yeah. He's he's probably in the federal pound for life going, yeah, it was worth it. <laughs> he was a white-collar criminal who cooperated he got like three years. Get out. He's, he's out of jail now. That's amazing. 
That's a heck of a story. Where can I watch this? Um, I know it's on HBO Max. I presume if you've got like uh, certain cable packages like Infinity that it's available there. Um, so anyways, uh, they go to McDonald's, they track this guy down and they track these other people down to the other winners. This one lady who was one of the million dollar winners, um, she had to pay a hundred thousand dollars in cash just to buy the ticket, just to buy the piece. Wow. So she's already $100,000 in the hole. So it's going to take her, you know, you would think two whole years just to get um, free and clear and start making money on the third year, right? Well, that's not the case because she's having to pay the IRS... 50% every year. Oh, yeah. So she has to start paying four years of all that winnings back to the uh, before she starts seeing anything. And even then, it's only an extra 25 grand a year. So most of these people who are buying these tickets that are supposedly big winner tickets aren't seeing any benefits at all. It's actually a really bad deal for them. Um, like you're getting a $500,000 instant winner ticket and you're paying, uh, you know, let's say 75k to the guy that you're getting the the playing piece from the McDonald's playing piece from and so the federal government takes half of that so you only have 25k left and you're paying them 75k so you're only getting you know 150 175k to you so that 500k piece isn't worth very much to you. I mean, I'm not saying 175, 150 is anything to sneeze at. That's a lot of money, but nowhere near what it would have been if you had just won it on your own. Many of the people getting these playing pieces weren't getting very much money off the face value of the of the piece. It was a bad deal for them. But worse yet, that company, uh, this publicity company, this ad company who's running these contests, of course, as soon as the final contest was over and the FBI had caught their man, what's McDonald going to do? They had to fire the marketing company. Oh, had no. to. Of course. I mean, that's just the way it had to be. 
because this this guy in Florida, Florida man, had originally been a cop in Hollywood, um, Hollywood, California, when he got um, not multiple sclerosis, but a, a different diagnosis that was similar to multiple sclerosis. He got this disease, and it had been, you know, creeping up on him, and he had been... Um, he had started getting paralyzed, started, you know, on his legs, started coming up and up and up and up. And uh, eventually it stopped, eventually it halted, but he didn't know when it would come back. Um, and that kind of changed him. He'd only wanted to be a cop his entire life. That kind of changed him. That's when he became, you know, got this kind of mean or criminal bent. Um, that's when he decided to do this. Well, he worked for the marketing company. Um, and because it was one of their employees who rigged the game, who made McDonald who made McDonald's look bad by making all their customers play this game that was rigged, they had to fire the marketing company. So they fired the marketing company, and McDonald's was 98% of their business. Oh. So you talk about victims, the marketing company went out of business. Of course they did. All the people working for them lost their jobs. All of them victims. The printing company, who didn't have any crooked employees and had done nothing wrong. I mean, this place was as secure as Fort Knox. They went out of business because they lost all their uh, customers. So all these blue-collar workers who worked for the printing company all lost their jobs. Mm. So this one guy, one guy just devastated all these lives. You know, and eventually the FBI caught up with all these fake winners and charged them with uh, conspiracy to commit mail fraud. Um, because in it's federal crime, in order to redeem the game piece, you had to send it in the mail to McDonald's. Anytime you use the mail and redeeming that game piece that you got fraudulently is fraud. You extracted money or other prizes for cash that were worth cash value from McDonald's. You're committing fraud. You're stealing from McDonald's. And anytime you use the mail to commit fraud, it's mail fraud. And that's a federal crime. And sexist. And when you're committing mail fraud and uh, you have 
talk to another person to arrange the circumstances of that mail fraud, you're committing conspiracy, which is another federal crime. So all of these so-called winners committed mail fraud, which uh, usually got them uh, parole or house arrest plus some amount of restitution uh, that they had to pay back and conspiracy to commit mail fraud. So all of them um, had varying amounts of money they had to pay back. Jerry, who is this guy, Florida man, Jerry, um, still has to pay like $300 a month in restitution. He's got something millions, a uh, couple of, uh, it's like $20 million in restitution he has to pay back. I mean, the, his lawyer who they interviewed, they interviewed both of his lawyers. Uh, he was not interviewed for the show because he refused. Uh, the young FBI agent who started working on this case was interviewed. The old FBI agent refused to be interviewed. Um, but Jerry's lawyer said that at some point, you will just never, ever be able to pay back the restitution. So it ceases to be uh, ceases to be a factor. You just pay your $300 a month, and it's, it's just like another bill. Just is what it is. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, so many people's lives were devastated because they got involved in this scheme. So many people's lives. And I'm not trying to say that they're victims. I'm not trying to, you know, push sympathy for them. Although there are some of them who were. I mean, yeah, you've you. You've got people who are paying a lot of money to buy a rigged ticket. Yeah, they no sympathy. Um, the show does interview several of them and explain why they got involved. And you can make your decision when you watch the show about how you feel about them. Mm -hmm. uh, that sounds really... I said earlier, this sounds really fascinating. This sounds like a really good show. I'm glad you were able to catch it. Um, yeah, I I enjoyed the show. It's a it's a really well done show. It is not a dry and boring documentary. Thank heaven. <laughs> <laughs> it would have ruined the subject matter. You just you do not get a subject matter this good. And there's a lot of other things that are involved. I don't know if you guys remember uh, back in the. Some of you who are old enough, back in the late 90s, uh, there was a guy down in Florida who um, was having a, a big fight with the local Florida town because he was setting up a non-nude uh, stripper club. Uh, where, where women would strip down to their pasties and they were getting drinks and stuff. And he was having a big fight with the town because they were trying everything they could to shut him down. And eventually he set up, a, set it up as a church. And it went national news and he got interviewed on like uh, 
Inside Edition or something, and uh, or Geraldo. Um, and he was uh, a really big sensation for a while. That guy is Jerry Colombo, who is the middleman. Oh, wow. Of this scheme. All while that was going on, he's working with Florida Man to distribute stolen McDonald's Monopoly game pieces. This crime family is a real piece of work, huh? It's just... I mean, the guy at the top isn't a Columbo. This Columbo guy just got involved because... Because he could money maker, he, yeah, and he knew how to make contacts with people. So <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. Truth really is stranger than fiction. Uh, so there's these all all these weird tendrils from this story that they spend time on chasing down and and covering, and it just gets weirder and weirder. It's a Florida man, uh, McDonald's Monopoly crime family, and it just blows your mind. It, it is, uh, it sounds like one of the weirder drug family stories, only they're not dealing drugs. Yeah. Yeah, it's just this big fraud case. <laughs> they're dealing Monopoly pieces. For cars. Uh, question for you. How many Monopoly money jokes are made in the show? I didn't pay attention. I don't remember all that money. All that many, so. So maybe they were able to resist the urge. Uh, it's hilarious, though. In order to do certain things, they had to keep on going higher and higher. And eventually they had to get permission of the Attorney General to actually carry out these raids. They eventually were bringing in agents from other FBI field offices <laughs> to listen to the wiretaps. So this podunk office had a fraud case so big, they were hijacking whole pieces of other FBI field offices to listen to the wiretaps. Wow. And these were old school wiretaps where you put in cassette tapes and hit, you know, record and then listen to the tapes. And then they had to go back and transcribe them. I mean, this is. <laughs> there oh, were no computers. Like work. Yeah, this is old school police work. It, um, it was awesome. Uh, that sounds great. And that's why you joined the FBI, right? To to <laughs> do a bunch of, you know, grunt work on this really big, amazing case worth millions of dollars. Oh, yeah. Oh, St. Jude's Hospital. At one point during uh, the 90s, somebody gave away a million-dollar game piece to St. Jude's Hospital for children. Mm -hmm. Anybody remember that? Vaguely. And they were all talking about how beautiful and touching it was. 
that somebody would give a million dollars just anonymously to St. Jude's Hospital and McDonald's, even though the ticket was non-transferable, the game piece is non-transferable, McDonald's uh, gave him the million dollars anyway. Guess who gave that million dollars to St. Jude's Hospital for Kids? Oh, was it was it Colombo? It was not Colombo. It was Florida Man. That's really sweet. <laughs> That's <laughs> what a great story. Florida Man who was ripping off McDonald's for $24 million gave a million of those dollars to St. Jude's Hospital for Children. And that's why he only got the three years in the pen. Yeah. All right, folks. I, I highly recommend the show. It is worth watching. Uh, I mean, this has been a review. I haven't been telling you the whole show because, one, it's six hours and it's way too long. But um, I have kept a lot of the secrets and a lot of the uh, uh, mysteries for you to go watch in the show because it's worth watching. It is a show worth watching, and I don't want to give it up. I don't want to give it all away. So, well, I'll look out for it. I don't have HBO Max, but I'll I'll look out for it to see if I can uh, get a copy elsewhere, legally. I mean, that was super fun. I I really enjoyed hearing about this show. It's a really good story, uh, Daddy Warpig. I'm done for the week. How about you? Sure. Hey, uh, chat's been good. Hey guys. Good to have you in. Uh, thanks to everybody who's listening to this later. I hope we made your car ride enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and they are coming out with a movie of it too. So watch yes. the documentary, get the real, get the real story. And then uh, sometime in 2022 or whenever it comes out, go see the movie. I hope they get the rock to play Florida, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If you could get a taller Danny DeVito, like a like a five five Danny DeVito, that would be a good Florida man. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> uh, Last words. Last words are: It's been fun. Have a great weekend, everybody. All right, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, this has been Geek Gap for Saturday, August twenty second, two thousand and twenty. Um, you can catch us live uh, just about every week, just about this time. Uh, listen to us on YouTube.com slash GeekGab. That's YouTube.com slash GeekGab. You can also catch us on the Google Play Store, on the uh, iTunes Store, or on SoundCloud.com. Um, subscribe to us on the device of your choice, or just listen to us on the web. Or... Um, Trying to think if there's anything important that's coming up. Bone Bat Festival. Bone Bat Festival, which is online, available online, and the date is October 10th and 11th. Bonebat.eventive.org. Say that again. I was talking. Bonebat.eventive.org. Be sure to check that out uh, for some great horror movies. Um, we are signing out for today, but don't you worry. Don't you fret, we 